Welcome back to the Take 30 Podcast. I'm your host, Lily Jones, and today we're going to be taking a look at class rings with Cody Blazak, students' involvement in local politics with Rufus Collins, and then we'll talk to special guest Miss Delaney Foster about Women's History Month at MSU. Springtime is graduation season, and with the caps and gowns comes another accessory, class rings. Let's take a look with Take 30 correspondent Cody Blazak. Earlier this week, Balfour came to campus to give students who are graduating an opportunity to purchase a class ring for graduation. This past Tuesday through Thursday, Balfour was set up at Barnes & Noble displaying ring designs for students and helping them with the selection process and the ordering process. I just love being able to help them figure out what they want and um, a lot of times the students come to us and they're not ready to order yet but they don't know where to begin and so it's really nice that we're here to help them and guide them and um, when they leave they're always like so appreciative, we're so thankful you were here to help us and now I know what to get and stuff and we love that. I, you know, I love Students at Mississippi State work hard to earn their degree and have an opportunity to show off their success every day with a class ring. These class rings tend to be special to students who want to show off their success and is more convenient than carrying their degree around. Um, I feel like a ring is meaningful because of the symbol that it provides. It gives you kind of a, a reason for remembering why you did something or that you did something, period. I feel like graduating is a big accomplishment. Not everybody accomplishes that, and so having a ring can just be like representing your school. If you missed out on ring days, you can still head to Balfour.com and search Mississippi State to order your class ring. For Take 30 News, I'm Cody Blazak. Hi, Cody. Thanks for being here. Hey, Lily. Thank you for having me. Cody, did you get a class ring? Uh, I did get a class ring. I ordered mine, I think, Tuesday um, from the Balfour people that they sent inside of Barnes & Noble. Does that ring have any particular significance to you beyond graduating this year? I mean, I think personally, uh, yes, because not everyone graduates graduates it's a huge accomplishment so it's just like i know you get a diploma and everything which shows you graduated which is huge in itself but like having a ring that you can like if you wanted to wear it every day or wear it as a necklace um i think it's just like significant and you can show off that like hey i stuck around for four years or five years or however long it took you and i accomplished something that not everybody accomplishes so you think these rings will be important to their owners for the remainder of their lives? Because I think one of the big barriers that stops people from getting their rings is they worry that, you know, in 10 years they might not care about it or they'll lose it. But do you, I mean, do you have hope for these rings? I, I think that, I think it'll always be special. I'm not sure I'm necessarily going to say I'm going to care about it, but like I'll probably always have it on display or something. Um, just because it is a huge accomplishment. Like, knowing myself, I might wear that ring t 10, 15 times in my life. Um, but, like, it's still, th the recognition of it, I think, is really special and what it shows you did. 
Are these rings a way for MSU to create a feeling of camaraderie among alumni? Because I know that they want us to get into the Alumni Association. Do you think that the rings are just a physical reminder of our community here at MSU and they want us to stay connected to them? Partially. I think part of it is for the student and another part I think it is kind of to show off Mississippi State. It's kind of like it's kind of like advertising without like actually advertising. Like if you're wearing a graduation ring and you got MSU on the top of it, people are going to see that and be like, oh, you went to MSU and you're going to talk about your time at MSU. So I think it's a little bit of both. Well, Cody, that's all the questions I have for you today. I know you're very busy, so I'm going to let you head out of the studio, but thanks for being here. One of the upsides of living in a small college town is easy access to your elected officials. This week, Marilyn Sproul spoke to MSU's college Democrats. Take 30's Rufus Collins has the story. We need to have that additional thought. We need to have people who have new ideas Mayor Lynn Spruill was a special guest speaker at a student town hall meeting hosted by the organization College Democrats at Mississippi State. Organization President Justin Child says it was an honor to have Spruill as a guest. We have a really great connection with the mayor of Starkville. She was previously a Democrat, now she is running as an independent for Starkville. College Democrats is the largest political college organization and the town hall meeting was open to anyone and everyone. This is also not the first time they have had a student town hall. Childs also said that they are always looking for more students who are interested in politics. Our mission is really just to advocate for political involvement for Mississippi State students. A lot of people don't know that they want to be political involved until something really affects them, and I think we need to start early on that trend. For more information on the College Democrats at Mississippi State, visit their social media using the handle College Dems MSU. For Take 30 News, I'm Rufus Collins. Hi Rufus, thank you for being here. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here. R so Rufus, do you keep up with local politics at all? Um, I, um, as far as news, I try to stay in the element of what's going on, especially when it comes to politics. I um, dibble and dabble every now and again just to stay up to date. Hi Rufus, thank you for being here. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here. So, Rufus, do you keep up with local politics at all? Um, I, um, as far as news, I try to stay in the element of what's going on, especially when it comes to politics. I um, dibble and dabble every now and again just to stay up to date. Are you involved with any political groups or activism groups around campus? Um, I'm not particularly involved with any, um, particular political groups around campus. I think I just found out about the group that, um... I was interviewing, and it was my first time hearing about a college Democrats organization on campus. Would you be interested in getting involved in anything after you covered this story? Did you learn something about them that you thought was interesting? Um, I thought it was um, interesting that they have um, multiple people, out, not only just in the Mississippi State University, but also outside of Miss, just Mississippi State in general because they have like over 200 members wow. as a whole. So, you know, I've just found that, that there's a lot of people who are interested in politics. What was something that Mayor Sproul had to say that 
resonated with you, if anything? Um, I just overall, I just liked her uh, attitude towards politics and the, her approach to how personal she can get to um, having a conversation with just anyone on the spot because we had a conversation about um, where I was from in my hometown and she loves the city of Starkville. She was raised in Starkville. So she's just trying to do the best she can to make Starkville a better place. That's, that's great to hear. I'm glad that we have a mayor who, who cares about our city. Did you learn anything else or now do you have maybe more questions about how our city government is run? Because I know that like, even when I'm keeping up with the news, I get I get so confused sometimes and sometimes when you scale it down it's almost more confusing but do you feel like you you learned something um I did learn something on uh, I don't know if anyone else knows it but um like when it comes to like school and education the mayor doesn't do doesn't do that they don't it's just mainly is all on the board the school board um, so like the mayor's office has nothing to do with what goes on in education and also that, um, her, um, duties, they're, they're not as, um, hectic as I thought it, they were going to be. She, um, so it seems like she has time, but I'm not saying she's not a busy woman, but she, it seems like she's able to, you know, have everything under control when it needs to be. That's really interesting. I actually didn't know that. She didn't have any hand in the school board. That seems like something that I should know, and hopefully someone who's listening will also learn that. But, yeah, I think a lot of people have misconceptions about what the duties of city officials are. Is there any, like, more light that you can shed on what her responsibilities entail? Um, More her responsibilities, like, um, especially when it comes to, like, roads and projects and, like, making the city of Starkville a more beautiful place than it already is. And she was talking um, about, like, I think, if memory serves me correct, um, about working on the Cotton District and, like, and expanding it and making it into more of a, like, more of a community base and make, more, make it more Starkville more of a home and more of a intertwined community. And she talked about, you know, it's going to be an expensive process, but it's, she always feels confident that she can do what she can to make even more better changes and make Starkville even better than what it is right now. That's that's really good to hear. Are you looking forward to that? Are you looking forward to the changes in Starkville? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, whenever I come back to Starkville, anytime I come to visit, I want to um, make sure Stark, I want to be even wild to how Starkville is because when I first came here, as a student from Mississippi State, as a freshman, I was, I felt like I was in a big city coming from a small town. And if I felt like that, then I can't wait to see what happens in the future. That's, that's really exciting. I hope that we see some positive changes. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, absolutely. I enjoyed myself. March is Women's History Month, and MSU has a full calendar of events lined up from visiting speakers to sports games. Important topics like women's health are being brought front and center. The MSU Division of Access, Diversity, and Inclusion and the Office of Health Promotion and Wellness are throwing women's health luncheons. With one already passed, but two more on the way, join me and Ms. Delaney Foster for a discussion about the importance of women's history and well-being. Hi, Delaney. Thanks for being on the show. Hi, I'm glad to be here. So tell me a little bit about these Women's Month luncheons. 
So the Women's Month luncheons are part of the overall celebration of Women's History Month, which of course is in March. So we are doing a series of three luncheons. Um, each one has a different topic that's relevant to women's health. Uh, I'd just like to know what your role in these events is. Do you work at the planning center or at the, the health center? Yeah, so I am the associate director for um, uh, for planning and strategic initiatives at the Division of Access, Diversity, and Inclusion. And the Division of Access, Diversity, and Inclusion is working with the Office of Health Promotion and Wellness to offer this particular luncheon series. There are a lot of other events happening during Women's History Month that are also coming out of the division and coming from other places as well. But we're partnering with them, and I am, of course, also a woman um, and someone who uh, does scholarship in the area between the at the conjunction of race and gender. So I think more than being a woman, I um, like to think I have some insight on what folks want to hear about. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's great. I think that it's it's a great idea to have women come together and have a communal meal and also be able to talk openly about health issues and ways that we can be healthy because you know, it's different for us. And I think this is the perfect time to address that. Well, I'm glad you brought community up because I think that has been one of the nicest things so far in the luncheon series. So we had one, we kicked off on March the 1st. I knew that there would be some discussion. I was hopeful that there would be some discussion, of course, but I was really impressed with the level of support that women and that people in general, people of all genders in the audience were giving to one another. There was a lot of experience validation and people sharing their stories. And there was a lot of like folks doing like uplifting one another and helping to say, no, you didn't imagine that. Or like, yes, it was real. Because sometimes when women um, go in for medical care, sometimes it can sort of feel like, well, is this a big deal or is this not a big deal? Uh, and I was really, really delighted with the community aspect that we saw at the last lunch, and I think we'll see more of it too. That's that's really beautiful. I hope that I'll be able to attend at least at least one of them. Oh, I hope so too. We we would love for more students to join, and of course, we recognize that a student's first priority does need to be class. But you're absolutely never too young to start thinking about your health and talking about their health, and unfortunately. Sometimes by the time you become an adult and come to college, you may have already had a bad medical experience, which is not something we ever want, but there may well be students who need that support. Well, that actually kind of flows into my next couple questions. I was going to ask you, just because we're focusing so much on all of the amazing things that you guys are doing in March, I was wondering if there's anything MSU is doing outside of Women's History Month to promote women's wellness and health that people should know about? That's a really good question. Uh, It's definitely not my area of expertise. It might be best to check in with health promotion and wellness on that. I do know just off the top of my head that the Office of Research and Economic Development is doing a health symposium at the end of this month. I want to say it's on March 21st, and I know one of the things that they want to talk about is gender differences across health, but they want to... um, look at all the different elements of health, wellness, and health promotion. Um, I would anticipate there would be some talk about gender differences there, so I, I would I think that might be a, a good place to start. That sounds, that sounds great. Um, I know that a lot of people on campus, especially when I was a freshman, people would be talking about, I don't know where to go on campus for medical care. I don't know how to sign up for the, the health mm-hmm. center. 
So that can be that can be very confusing, but I think it's really amazing that we're having these events to reach out to people who may not have had great experiences with medical care, especially if they are women or if they are gender nonconforming. So I'm just I, I'm glad to be a part of a university that will provide for people in that way. Me too. And it's certainly not just for people who have had bad experiences. I don't want folks to think they can only come to the luncheons if if something has gone wrong in, right. you know, in, in, a, in a medical experience they have. So, for example, with the first session, we were talking about the history of women in healthcare, And, of course, the history of women in healthcare doesn't start with Elizabeth Blackwell, the first medical doctor in America. It starts thousands of years before that. It starts in prehistory um, because for most of history, women have been the, the caretakers. Um, and I thought our speaker did a great job of talking about this legacy of caretaking that we have and, and the the herbs and the remedies that we would use that we would now call a home remedy. But, of course, it was what was keeping people alive for thousands of years. Uh, so I think it's important that people know, you know, women being involved in medical care did not start with the first female doctor. Uh, it's it's much, much longer than that. That's so that is so interesting. I think that women often do get written out of the history books or pushed aside, but it's such a long and complex history of of us just contributing to society and then somehow getting written out of it. But <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately that, that has happened in the past, and that's part of why we have to talk about the issues really directly and really publicly. And and to bring some attention to it. And I know that the larger medical community is doing a better job of talking about those things. Folks are getting more training in it, which is wonderful, but uh, we, pro- we, we probably still have some more work we can do. There's always another step to take. There's always another mile, but I really, I really applaud you and your organization and MSU as well for supporting women's health and, you know, women's equality. Well, we're excited to do it. That's uh, obviously a huge part of the mission of the Division of Access, Diversity, and Inclusion. It's it's in our name. Um, it's hard to, hard to be successful if you're not well, right? That, right? That's hard for all of us. When we think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, stuff at the bottom includes our physical health. And then all the learning and development on top of it relies upon those, those things happening first. Well, I wish you the absolute best of luck with all of your events this month. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today, and that is all of the questions that I have for you. Amazing. The Take 30 podcast is a Take 30 news production of Mississippi State University. Catch the newscast on the Take 30 Facebook every Friday at 4 p.m. on your TV on channel 98 and after the fact on the Take 30 YouTube channel. I've been your host, Lily Jones, and I'll see you next week.